Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, uh, and actually the executive producer of this show, uh, Jim O'Kane of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I am Curtis Blaze. Uh, basically, I'm just a photographer who likes to podcast, and I do other things too, but whatevs. Yes, yeah, you are. You are the, the one of the better one of the better movies by minutes uh, uh, guest hosts guest things on on our series. But Curtis, thanks for jumping <laughs> in and uh, and taking another another slice off of this movie. It's uh, this is a, a this is a pretty good episode. This, uh, this particular one we're getting into we're going to get into a little bit more uh, uh, exposition as the week goes by. A rather startling revelation, but uh, we're we're starting at the end of the uh, the the scene where uh, Daisy has just shot an alien. Uh, and she's just dancing away as uh, poor Kit is uh, trying to get into his uh, getaway car with Freddie. Uh, and uh, it ends with uh, with Jif thinking it's no big deal that he looks like Kit Ramsey. Uh, lots of lots of lots of action followed by inaction. I uh, <laughs> I was the the number one thing that that hit me in this uh, with at least the uh, the second two thirds of the uh, the movie. Is I guess they're all going Dutch on the uh, on the luncheon because, uh, as we saw last week and the week the week before that, where uh, uh, Bowfinger was going through his remaining uh, twenty two hundred dollars, I don't I don't think he can afford all those hamburgers. <laughs> this Chinese represents the last of their petty cash. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's a fa- fascinating fascinating moment. Um, I do like uh, Slater uh, at, at at the end of that that opening scene. We get Slater showing that uh, the zombie aliens uh, covered in blood or ketchup, as the case may be, uh, are are good, effective actors. Uh, the only problem is, is uh, I don't see the reverse shot. They never <laughs> wherever the cameraman is for that reverse that beautiful what would have been a reverse shot on the film is, uh, I was, is not I, available. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, watching this minute as we do. Uh, I, I watched it quite a few times, and one of the times I watched it with an eye just towards what the footage would look like that they're capturing, and it is garbage. There's they are getting nothing good. Every scene is like is like uh, Kit Ramsey speeding away in his limo, and it's always from somebody's back, and you don't get to see any of the effects, and it's always from far away, maybe zoomed in, a little bit of shaky cam going on, but it's always very 
it's always it's very dubious to me how much how good the uh footage would be for for chubby rain yeah although in terms of uh what danny bilson described as plausible off-screen action uh, i could see that they could have done all the pickup shots with jiff uh, from inside, you know, that, that beat up van that they have that just, you know, have, having a Slater rub up against, you know, a window is a window. So maybe, maybe they just, they, they caught all the reaction shots uh, on their, on their B-roll from, uh, uh, from GIF's point of view. Well, that's true. Um, one of the things about this that, you know, I, watching the movie, of course, uh, I'm just lost in the movie and, and loving it, but then, once you start analyzing it and ruining it, you're uh, you're like, well, why didn't they just have Eddie Murphy's brother, ooh, his the, the guy that looks like Kit, uh, just do the scenes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It I guess they didn't want to pay to take the braces off or something. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's peculiar. But then, yeah, again, that would that wouldn't service the movie too well. Um, no, I, I do wonder if, uh, here Kit is wearing all the, you know, he always wears the, the black or gray, uh, the, the black leather jacket and the gray shirts and things like that. I was just wondering how many times, uh, Bowfinger had to go into a men's suit store and do the, uh, the suit swap like he did earlier in the film to get, to get a wardrobe for, uh, for Jeff. I, um, I don't get the feeling that, uh, uh Mr. Bowfinger cares that much about continuity i i agree i agree <laughs> i think if if kit if kit appears uh walking away from the camera with something black on then he just gets something black to put on his other actors as double <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's, it's i i uh i've been also trying to figure out you know in in the in the context of making this film how many uh, costume changes everybody gets as far as i can tell dave i don't think dave ever changes his clothes i think he's always in his a costume uh, daisy seems to have the most ones she goes from rather demure in that gingham uh, ohio dress to uh, to consistently changing her clothes to showing a little bit more skin every every time but it's just it's interesting how much um parsimonious uh, wardrobe there seems to be in this in this movie uh slater has so it's it's almost like the sixth sense slater wears the same outfit he just keeps switching out whether or not he's wearing a shirt or wearing his uh uh you know his his tank top uh undershirt um and Car carol does seem to get a couple of extra clothes but they're mostly just kind of draped things but um it's fascinating to see how uh, I mean, not Frank Oz, but the the production. It, this was a very economical production, at least from a from a wardrobe point of view. I think there was a lot of. I think this is pretty low budget. Reading some of the behind the scenes stuff on this, it sounds like they didn't even get permits sometimes. Yeah, like they were just yeah, just going out and do. It. And then other times they shut down an entire freeway for. That's that's for true. Days. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's, I won't get into that. That's later in the movie. No, but um, it, it did seem to, you know, it, it, they were they were very clever in where they were spending the money. Um, yeah. And especially, you know, th things like, re well, I mean, the main the main topic in this in this particular minute is uh, the famous uh, Ray's restaurant there in Santa Monica. And uh, I think when you don't have to build a set and we have to do is set up a camera in the corner 
<laughs> just start shooting around. This Ray's restaurant uh, is kind of a uh, an LA icon, and there's been so many films that have been shot in that same location. Um, it's really, a, yeah, it's it's almost a uh, uh, like it's just kind of a rite of passage that you have to have things going on there. Um, and of course, all you know, this this seems like the thing from. Uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't going to ask, but it, it reminds me of the Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, different. Mm. Uh, I don't think Reservoir Dogs was shot here, um, yeah. but it's a. Uh, uh, I, I just, there's there's been a bunch. There's been um, uh, newer. Uh, if you ever saw the, the one that comes to mind is not another not another teen movie that was shot okay. here. Um, the remake of Starsky and Hutch with Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. Uh, there's um, this was used in uh, True Romance. Patricia Arquette and oh, Christian okay. Slater are reading there. Uh, if you ever saw the, uh, oh gosh, what's that? Um, it's it's like the history of the invention of the skateboard. Lords of Dogtown. That's yep. a there's a food fight in there. Um, the, uh, also, it's uh, I did not know this, but the uh, uh, the internet tells me so that Elton John's cover "Songs from the West Coast" he is shot there at Ray's. Um, that that's that's where uh, "Songs of the West Coast" cover of the album there is is there. Where is there even room to do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's very it's very strange. But one of the the more famous things about it is, is don't bring a credit card because they only accept cash, which is uh. I mean, I guess they're saving they're saving some money on that, but it's it's just kind of odd thinking of having to hit up an ATM before you go in for eating breakfast. I I've eaten there. I ate there about ten years ago, and uh, they do serve really substantial breakfast. I mean, if you if you show up there, uh, bring at least four or five uh, Crestor tablets because it is solid bacon and ham and <laughs> uh, you know fried eggs and fried fried everything pretty much. But it's a it's a great. Um, I'm sure they're serving waffles and chicken now, but it's usually just classic American breakfast. Anything you can, you can pile on in the uh, the dead pig, get, dead cow, uh, uh, fried egg variety. It's there and pancakes. They do have huge pancakes too. Um, I always wonder how locations like this around Los Angeles end up getting used over and over again because it's not really, you know, this this distinctive place. Oh wait, I'm going to interrupt myself. Was this? No, that was San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go on. Um, I wonder how these kind of places get used. Is it just that they have an? Is it just that they are like shrug? Yeah, sure, come on, use it. Or you know, are they just easy to work with? Is that why places get used in movies over and over again? I think it's it's like they're you know they're right in town, and all the stars have probably been there. I mean, it's like I think this is like Ashton Kutcher's kind of hangout, and. Sure. You know, it, it's it's all the so celebs show up at this place, so it's similar to Sardi's or the Brown Derby or whatever. You know, back in the day, this is a, a famous place that's on the way to the beach, and um, you know, every, everybody's been there, so they all they all know it. And this is this is an LA movie about LA with Steve Martin, who's lived in LA most of his life, so it, it's it's all very familiar to them. So having it there, yeah, they probably have a relationship with the manager. I think. Uh, Telling them there's a, you know, there's a check with a comma in it coming their way if they let them have it for uh, one afternoon. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll clear off the tables or shut the place down for the afternoon. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> make at least as much as they would uh, just selling selling bacon and eggs. Yeah, yeah. Just bring bring cash, and everybody will be happy. Um, but it's a. Uh, ah, I also see here. Uh, just reading through the internet, it was also in the Wonder Years. Um, I don't remember that particular episode, but I mean, it's just it's such a natural place. They probably, they probably even have marked off spots like you can get a really good shot if you if you take it from this corner. Um, and they probably even have the electrical abilities to, uh, you know, plug in whatever lights you need to get to get uh, to get the picture done. Um, they just have stuff in the ceiling. Yeah, it's <laughs> ready to you know, go. <laughs> and it's it's funny how, I mean, diners. I mean, gosh, there's a whole movie named Diner. It's it's funny how diners play such a huge role in so many films. I mean, the, you know, like the ones that come to mind would be like Pulp Fiction, of course, and. Um, you know, just thinking about things that happen in a diner. Um, yeah, well, it's kind of one of those. Like, I'm sorry, am I stepping on a story? No, you're up to no, 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 no. Go right ahead. I'm, oh, I'm interested in hearing it, your diner story. It, oh, I don't have a diner story. I, I'm just noting that, you know, when you're, it, it kind of makes a difference between a, a good scene and a bad scene. To me. Um, you can always, you can always tell when someone's first movie, two people are standing there talking, right? Yeah. But in a better movie, two people are sitting there eating and they have stuff to manipulate and they've got to get around and they've got the timing of a of a of a shared meal together as they're imparting whatever dialogue they have to do. And uh, it just it just works out a lot better. You know, they could be they could be anywhere. It seems like the diner is the easiest way to get real action, to be yeah. able to do something with your hands. Yeah, getting getting that the business, you know, if, if, even if you're just pushing eggs around on a plate, it gives you it gives the actors something to do more than staring at each other, and uh, and it gets you out of the parking garage, which seems to be well, they, this movie. I, I shouldn't say that because this movie does have a parking garage scene, but it <laughs> seems to be like the sign of a bad director or a bad screenplay. <laughs> this one, it takes place they're in a they're in a parking garage, and you're hearing a shot. You know, there's a shot, and a squib goes off next to a next to a cement pillar or something like that but at least with the diner you can have back and forth you can do master shots uh uh one shot two shot kind of over the shoulder stuff so it, it really affords a lot and it's something that at least in america everybody's from everybody's been in a diner you know you know what the you know what the drill is with the place you can you can almost smell it through the through the screen um, yeah and uh there and di it's difficult I've been to diners like that have just popped up and they're not like, they're not real diners. They're just, you know, an invented, invented diner. And you can always tell the, the, the fake diners from the real one, but this one has the verisimilitude that I think anybody, anybody wants in their movie. It's just very, it feels I like the, gr the ground in bacon grease is what's doing. Yes. That. Yes. Yes. The stuff they can't get out of the corners of the formica. That's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can feel it. The, uh, the holes where the uh, where the jukebox used to be in the wall, and uh, uh, just uh, the the pattern of the formica on the table worn down to just white yes, from yes. fifty years of wiping the table down. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it. You know, right at the right by the cash register, and and right in the 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 semicircles where people have been sitting for sixty or seventy years, um, <laughs> and uh, waitresses with names that you don't hear and regular company like Gladys. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a different, it's, 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 it's kind of like time takes a left turn in diners and, uh, you know, you, you have to convince yourself you want to get back up and go out into the, you know, into the current world outside, but it's just a little bit of, 
not quite nostalgia, but I think you're, it, it gives you kind of a stomach memory. <laughs> Just like, like, this is a good time I had in my life. And when I'm here, I don't feel too bad. Yeah, that makes sense. The the uh, the way that time seems to just be it, it seems to always just be one time when you're yeah the same the same year that brings up an interesting an interesting question for me uh, uh, this movie does it seem set in a time to you other other than the the dated thing about pulling a pulling a cell phone out of the car. It feels like this could happen anytime. You're always dealing right. with the power players, you know, the Robert Downey character in this. You're you're always I mean, these are these are stereotypes, but they're stereotypes for a reason. When you have the 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 starlet and you have the jaded the the, the guy that's on his last chance to get his to, to make it big in the business that's failed him all these years. Um all of this is a is identification. You can feel I mean, I don't think success stories sell big in movies. You have to, most of the people that start out a movie have to be borderline failures. And I think that's, that's what the schlubs of life that you feel like you're not doing that <laughs> great. You've, you know, it, you, you see it with, I, mean, I, I keep thinking this would be um, in, in the, in the Christmas story, you know, Christmas story, Gene Shepard's story. Uh, this is Ralphie all grown up. You know, it's like this is what this is what his life has gone to. He moved, he moved out of uh, uh, out of out of Indiana and and came out west and started a movie business, and he's still you know not not quite making it. He's kind of like the just hanging on to getting getting through life, and that's how I feel like Bobby Bowfinger has had all these things. We've seen it in the past when we were looking in his office. He had all those. Um, yeah. old posters of when he was in some kind of, you know, Modesto playhouse of once upon a mattress. And he had a, some kind of a morning, uh, kids show in South Dakota television. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can feel that. He just, he, he didn't get to be, as, as you mentioned here about Robert De Niro, he didn't get to get to be a Robert De Niro or, or, you know, or better direct. He never got to direct Robert De Niro. So I think that's the same, that's the same feeling that you want to identify with in these things. Um, I, and I think that's the beauty of this, this whole screenplay is that it doesn't, there are no superheroes in this. It's just people, you know, the, the people like you and me, the, the ones that are, you know, the day that you're, if it's not, if it's not you and me, it's people we know, people we live with, people that are around us that are just trying to get by and just trying to get that big break, that big hit. So yeah. it, it's, uh, it's fascinating how you can kind of feel an identification with all these things. I've got to ask you, Curtis. You're in you're in Iowa, and I am. There must be, uh, there must be good diners in near you. Do you have a favorite diner? Oh my God, a favorite diner. Uh, there is this little place that we drive to in Minnesota. It's ah. about three hours away. Oh, that's a hike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. One of the things about, and I'm sure this is true in Texas too. No, maybe not because you have more cities. Uh, one of the things about Iowa is that there isn't anything here. So Chicago is kind of your your standard for a short trip, which is five hours away. Wow. Yeah. And so when you start talking about Denver, which is 12 hours away, that's, you know, a pretty good day trip. That's that's going up to Denver, staying overnight and coming back. Like you you, you get a standard for driving <laughs> everywhere. You'll, you'll do something like, God, why? 
why would I fly to Florida? It only takes 20 hours to drive. Oh, I know the feeling. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I know up your way. Well, once you stayed over there in, uh, in Nebraska, Western Nebraska, there's a little town and I can't think of the name of the town, but I, I know, I know the exit off the interstate. There's a little place that is actually a, an old drugstore and they have, they do breakfast and lunch there. And, uh, it's one of the few places you can still get a really good ice cream soda. I've, I've missed being, I've noticed this in, if you go to a lot of ice cream stores and you tell people that you want an ice cream soda, they don't know how to make it or they can't make it or their boss says they're not allowed to, or, you know, it isn't, it isn't in their retinue. But, uh, whenever we go through Western Nebraska, I can see the exit and get off and <laughs> get an ice cream soda on the way. Um, but it's, you know, and it's a place like that, that you go in and like you said, time kind of stops when you're inside the building, you go back out in the world uh when you're done but in the meantime you just sit there and enjoy that ice cream soda oh yeah i'm kind of we're kind of in the same place with with our favorite place it's it's two parts good memories and one part actual good good place to go this place in minnesota um it is it is almost three hours away or two oh it must be less but it's it's a pretty good trip and you know kind of the reason that we would do something like that is because we are in Iowa and there isn't just tons of good stuff everywhere. Just, you know, to find something really special, you hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to that again. This place is like a little gas station. It's a little, it used to be a, it used to just be a, a tiny gas station, enough, almost enough room for just someone to stand up in there. And they've managed to cram like three or four tables into this thing. And so everybody is all over each other and it's full, you know, every weekend it's, it's such a great little place to eat. The food is incredible. The food is every kind of like yuppie garbage that you can want, like avocado, corn, you know, omelet stuff with whatever, just any kind of fancy food you can think of. It's not, it's not just bacon and eggs and every table is different. Every chair is different. It's all obviously Grotchel. Stuff around the walls is all, you know, different and weird. It's just this very place. And then on top of that, they have live music in and live music being like guys with accordions that'll come in and and (laughs) sing. There's no room for them to be anywhere. You know, they're standing between tables of people in different parts of the room, all playing accordion and uh and serenade you serenading you while you eat it's just a cool little place and it's got a little outdoor yard with a couple of tables too you know so that that would be the answer the answer to your yeah, your question about special places for us that's your your di- your diner of choice i understand we have, <laughs> we have a little place near not too far from us uh we have, have a group of old old folks that get together every other Wednesday just to have lunch and see each other, make sure we're, make sure we're all still alive. And um, it's a place called the skillet and grill here in, uh, in Texas. And uh, it's just an old, yeah, you, you get into the, they have booths and you can tell that the booths have never been uh, reupholstered in say Mm -hmm. since the sixties. And you kind of see, you kind of sink into them because a lot of, a lot of butts on seats in the intervening decades, but uh, the food comes out piled high. I always get a, a, they have a turkey club sandwich. And typically when you get a turkey club, it'll be like, you know, Oscar Mayer sliced turkey. But this is like, they have somewhere in the back, they have like a Thanksgiving turkey that they've chopped into big chunks. And you get this big chunky uh, club sandwich. 
And I just take a bite of that and it's like having my own midday vacation with, with a, a nice piece of food. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny how much, how much importance you attach to just that, that moment being in an old dingy place that doesn't look, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not new. It's not Chrome. It's not modern, but it feels like, it feels like you're visiting somebody's, somebody's home and it's, it's not home cooked, but it, it, it feels and tastes like that. And, you know, having company around there, I got that strong feeling when I saw the picture of these 11 crew members seated around the table. It's like, that's, that's the kind of feeling you can enjoy. And this is a, I mean, this must've been difficult to film, getting everybody in the right place and getting it all lit and having everybody sit there over uh, decaying food for hours. But uh, it's, it really shows the, uh, the work of Frank Oz being able to give that feeling of, uh, of closeness and camaraderie, just, just in seeing the scene. So well, it's very interesting to me that, you know, this lighting, this lighting really looks natural. It really, they've got the, uh, they've got the light coming in from the window over their bodies. All the shadows are are uh, lit up, so obviously they've got they're bouncing some stuff around here. They're bouncing some light around. It doesn't look overly dressed. They've got a couple of uh, paintings or whatever you call them on the wall that look like they could just really be there in the real place. Yeah, they've got they've got his sign. They've got the sign for his restaurant prominently over Christina's head, <laughs> <laughs> or right next to her all the time. So there's that. Yeah, it's a nice, nice product placement. Um, I don't know if it was shot day, day or night, or you know, I mean, there's, there's that the shot with, uh, with Eddie Murphy as you, as we're looking at him, the, the lights coming through the window. So it, I mean, this, this could be two o'clock in the morning, and they've got a gigantic, you know, carbon arc light out in the back. But it does. Oh yeah, for sure. It definitely feels like daytime just from, uh, just from looking out some of the windows. Well, knowing knowing the budget that they have, there is, you know, as they sort of this master shot behind over Steve Martin's head, there's another window where you see cars uh, parked out in back of him. And it's a little overexposed because they're obviously trying to bring the speed up a little bit on the inside shots. Yeah. And that to me reads as real, like this is really happening there. Yeah, it feels like it would take a lot to light up that backyard to make that 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 background to make it look like daytime. So uh, maybe they came in at dawn and said, you know, no no breakfast ser- being served today, and and shot the thing. But uh, right. But then when you switch to Eddie Murphy, when you switch to Eddie Murphy over um, Akeem's shoulder, you can see that they had a great big, you know, like it isn't just a bare. Uh, uh, plate glass window they've got frosting on it so that it yeah. softens all the light as it's coming through yeah so that could be that could be a night for day shot but uh given yeah. the time the time squeeze and that they were you know i mean they're working with they're working with professional people it might not have taken them that long to do a setup except for that you know the the one shot the 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 group shot the big master shot that they have there it looks like they must have been standing up on the up on the shelf behind eddie murphy to get that that, that one image um or just <laughs> or they just got the setting on a shelf and then yeah. steve martin is running up and turning it on and off <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> and action yeah so um it, it's it's just it's or probably eddie murphy has to stand up eddie murphy or yeah. oh god i forgot the actor who plays the key has to stand up and, and turn it on and off yeah yeah it's just <laughs> here we go and 
and and off they went. And then yeah, because that, they've got the microphone hidden in the in the in the jelly jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep this in your lap. Here you go. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the other shots all seem, you know, they're like two or three shots, so they didn't they didn't need everybody there at once. So they may have just gone, okay, everybody here is done for the day. Go home. We're gonna shoot these. Here's your lines. Do that. Um, but it does. It, yeah, you know, I noticed they did. You know, oh god, I keep stepping on you. I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm noticing. You know, as I'm as I'm rocking back and forth here on this scene, they did have. The the I don't want to say lesser actors, but the you know the the guys who played the the Mexicans, they have them strategically placed between each of the groups of people that they wanted to film. Yeah. So that they would only have to like call those guys in. They wouldn't have to call Christine in to sit next to Steve Martin while he was talking or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So they could have done you know okay we're gonna need uh, Steve and Heather come on come on down and you know and and you two guys just. <laughs> You guys stay here because you're our you're our framing device, um, right? Right. But it's uh yeah it really it, it's, it's and like they the other actors could go off and like take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, go answer calls, do you know, go go to lunch somewhere else. I don't know. Because um, because I think they filmed this pretty fast too, didn't they? Wasn't a wasn't yeah. it kind of a guerrilla production all the way through? Yeah, it was only I think it was like twenty eight days of shooting. It was something, it was, it was something crazy, like three weeks or or twenty eight days of shooting. And uh, I mean, there's no, I would say there's no real special effects except for the stuff they had to do with, the, well, we're going to get ahead of ourselves, but the cars at the end, I think sure. was a bit of a special effect. And of course, the the expensive part of, of shooting up at uh, Griffin, Griffin Observatory later on. But this, you know, this must have been uh, maybe, maybe a day to- total. And, uh, and they get a, they get a lot of uh, footage out of this one, out of this one little set. So uh, impressive. Uh, I can't. I noticed nothing's getting cooked on the in the master shot. Nothing's getting cooked in the background. It's just the guy seems <laughs> to be just, just moving clean. around. I, yeah, I never just, noticed that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's like I guess they they finished making all the hamburgers and then put everything away. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, yeah. Can you? I mean, everything would just it would just be smoke. Be yeah, yeah. All over everything. Yeah, I don't even know if it's on. It's just <laughs> it's impressive. Probably be so hot. Let me see. <laughs> Yeah. Just rocking here. He's like he's uh, just tapping his little yeah. spatula on a clean, <laughs> a clean grill there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and <laughs> well, and you know these guys. This uh, this guy Ray, if that's his name, if if it's still the same guy, you know, spent all night before the movie was coming in to like scrub it up and, yeah. and make everything shiny and perfectly clean. Yeah, all those. Uh, he, he had out the uh, bartender's friend thing, <laughs> cleaning off the cleaning off the stainless <laughs> steel and stuff. But it's a yep, uh, yeah, stuff. yeah. It's um, it it is a sparkling place there, which I I don't know if it is right now. But it's just yeah, it's amazingly clean. There aren't any. I don't even think. Well, there there are some. Excuse me. There are some pies. I was I was looking at the uh, the pie chest behind the waitress in the master shot. There is there do seem to be a couple of half pies up there. But yeah, it's rather rather Spartan behind the <laughs> behind the counter. Um, Wow. Well, all in all, a great minute. I really, uh, I enjoyed this one. We're going to get some more as the week goes on. There's a lot of, you know, there's a big revela- revelation and some major. Uh, uh, I know. I was, I was watching this and I'm like, oh, he's about to say it. And then he doesn't say it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he gets to do that tomorrow. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's, that's a fun thing that was hard to not talk about the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's tricky, but yeah, we're, we're holding to the uh, movies by minutes uh, thing of no spoilers if possible. Um, my only, I, uh, my only other note for this minute is that it's just so Hollywood when 
when um oh god, I always forget his name. Eddie Murphy's twin says Oh, Jif, yeah. Yeah, and when Jif says, you know, I you know, I don't I'm not really doing anything special, I'm not special and Steve Martin says, What's more special than looking like somebody? <laughs> Bobby Bobby De Niro couldn't look like yeah him. yeah and 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 uh, and Carol Christine Baranski saying oh you know, I, I you know I, I, he's annoying there's a there's a scene in the uh, in the extras feature where they were throwing out names like John Travolta and things like just trying to see which one would work with it and Christine uh, Baranski said something like that. they were talking about. Oh gosh, I forget who it, it might have been De Niro. He might have said De Niro, and she said, "Oh, he's such a phony," and and it broke up the whole crew. Uh, <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, yeah. They threw like yeah, they threw like uh, they they threw like twenty different put downs of different actors, and uh, it was. It, I mean, I, I think if anything, the uh, uh, the 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 editor had probably had problems trying to figure out which group of. Uh, ad libs he was going to use in this film because it is obviously a lot of funny people working on this film um but i wonder when, i wonder if they said tom cruise and then went oh, oh, oh no yeah too far, too far. <laughs> yeah not with mind head involved so uh, <laughs> wow. i i actually did read today i, I know it's funny I, I did a whole week of the show and i didn't come across this then um that tom cruise was kind of upset about this movie that they that he was Kind of maybe we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! But that there was some there were some feelings that needed to be smoothed over oh, when this movie ima- came out. I can imagine, especially you know he had done so much work with uh, Universal, so I don't think I don't think they'd be too happy with uh, with making if if Tom's not happy, Universal isn't happy. But uh, right, it'll it'll seem to to work out okay. Um, Wow. Well, again, Curtis, thanks for being thanks for being here on this uh, very special Monday episode. And uh, <laughs> when uh, special it, it 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 it's 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 always special. This is a kind of an ad kind of an ad hoc thing. I thought there there were I thought there were going to be some different people on this week, but we're, we are as it turns out, we are going to have different people on uh, this week's uh, this week's series. So please keep staying stay tuned to this. Uh, always appreciate having listeners listen to the uh, the Bowfinger Minute. If wherever you found this uh, show, please go click subscribe and like and whatever you know all those things that every every podcaster asks you to do when you're on, when you're on a podcast. But we're always available on. Uh, gosh, uh, what are they now? We've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site bowfingerminute.com. Um, if if you're on Apple, if you could could leave us a review, that always helps people find this show. Uh, we have a lot of great. There's a lot of great movies by minute series out there that never get enough comments or you know, things. That, the more reviews people have, the more likes people have, the more uh, Apple Podcast seems to push it on their algorithm. Uh, you can, if you like to talk back with us, social media is always available. At Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listeners Center on Facebook and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. So. Uh, Anyway, we will be back here tomorrow uh, with uh, with a whole new guest, and uh, uh, we're going to find out, gosh, a major revelation. So uh, please don't miss it tomorrow's Tuesday's episode uh, here on the Bowfinger Minute. So in the meantime, please keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we'll see again Cause there's always One more
Sure.